Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And man, do we have a big slate today, Coach. 12 NBA games and we're going to build a two brains are better than one lineup for FanDuel. Are you ready? Oh man, I am so pumped up for today. This is like DFS heaven. <laughs> We've got a 15-game baseball slate too, you know. 12-game NBA, and then we have the golf tournament that starts tomorrow. So this is like, you know, swimming in DFS. I love it. Can't be better. Absolutely. And I'm ready to go, man. We're going to – we're hammering this out. We're staying under an hour because we want you guys to get all this information in and not have to take up too much of your day. So we are on this speed – like speed chess. I'll make my move, and I'll hit the button. Oh, that's the hardest <laughs> thing to do, speed chess, man. I need oh, that extra I hate time. Oh, um, so, yeah, we got 13 of the 24 teams involved in a back-to-back. Two totals that? over 230. Uh, yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah, you've got Chicago-Cleveland to start us off. Yeah. And we've got a, a list of like 277 guys sitting or questionable. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the NBA right now, and we're all in the same boat. So rather than squeak and cry, it's like, hey, let's use this to our advantage. So. Yes, the first 7 o'clock game, and there's multiple 7 o'clock games. It is Chicago-Cleveland. It is the first night of a doubleheader uh, for Chicago, our two two games in two days, and Cleveland's on an island game. Chicago favored by three. Cleveland, 211 and a half total with this Cleveland-Chicago game. And as far as uh, pace goes, nothing to write home about uh, with 13th for Chicago, 24th for Cleveland. Defensively, also both teams struggle low, 19 and 21. Uh, the only person that we have out right now for Chicago is Brown. And, or he's, I'm sorry, not out completely. He is doubtful. So, you know, you've got most of the most of the guns loaded here for this game, but it's not, you know, a great game as far as when you're looking at a 12-game schedule and you're looking at one of the lowest numbers on the whole board, if not the lowest, then, you know, do you really want to spend much money there? Uh, I'm not a big fan of this game. I will tell you, though, you know, you can get a one-off in this game that could create some some trouble for you. Um, Levine is still out, so that's the question is, and I'm sorry I didn't mention that on the on the injuries, but he's out. So Kobe White definitely steps up into play, uh, especially against a, a poor Cleveland backcourt. And um, you know, depending on the rotation that Chicago uses, if they put Temple in there for defensive purposes on Sexton, which would I would assume make sense. Um, but it, still, one of those guys, Garland or Sexton, need to guard Kobe. So. I, I sort of like Kobe here as a guy that's going to get ignored with, you know, with all of these 24 teams playing. But, you know, with without Levine, he's shown that he, he's taken control of the the team. And I think that uh, he, he deserves a little bit of a look. Um, really, on the Cleveland side, not interested. Just don't see anybody stepping out. And, you know, the nice part about this many teams is you can be very picky about your build. So that's that's really all I've got in this one. Not not too crazy uh, excited about it. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. Kobe White, my favorite player in this game. Uh, definitely playable without Levine. Still a good price, mid-5K range. On Cleveland, I wouldn't mind one of the guards. I'd probably lean towards Sexton. Um, but obviously he's a lot more pricey than, than Kobe. And it's not a great game environment, so... Most likely Kobe or pass for me as well. Excellent. All right, game two. Uh, Oklahoma City and Indiana. Much better game here. Total of 229. Indiana favored by nine. We have the number six and number seven pace teams in the NBA. Yeah. And we have OKC's below average defense. And the news here, we have Roby Muscala Hall still out. The Dorcher Chamber is questionable. Big... Uh, Big turning point potentially on this slate. And on the Indiana side, Sabonis is out. Yeah. Goga is questionable. Lamb, McDermott questionable. Uh, so uh, that's a that's a big spot to consider as well. And, and I have Turner out. Do you have Turner out? Yes. 
Yeah. So, so wow, it is. They're going deep on that bench. They, is this going to be like uh, one of the the guys that never usually plays going to make our lineup here? It, he might. He might. We'll get to him in a second. Let's start with OKC. Okay. Uh, Dort, you know, he he deserves all of our respect. We have to talk about him first. So, <laughs> the surprising thing for me is he's fifty seven hundred still on Fanduel. They they priced yeah, him up uh, on DraftKings, but that I had to I did a double take when I saw that price for for Dort. So, I like him here if he plays. I, I don't I don't think this questionable tag is really significant. I think it was just back to back rest on the last one, and. Yeah. You know, I mentioned the pace, Indiana. They've just gone up and up. They're sixth now. So, um, you know, when, when he's out there, he's been running the show. So I like him on FanDuel. Your man, Baisley, pretty pretty steady lately, which is his yeah, weakness. I like him. Yeah. Uh, you know, throughout the season, he kind of comes and goes. But four straight games with between 15 and 19 field goal attempts. And that's yeah. that's what we didn't get earlier in the season. So he's also playable for me in, in this one. With Indiana, uh, Goga, if he starts on DraftKings, he's cheaper. He's 4200 I like that price. He's a little bit more expensive on FanDuel. And then one of these value guys that you're referencing, Brissett, uh, very cheap, 25 minutes last game, hit three of five three-pointers, and they need bodies. So yeah. he's a guy that you could get out there. Um, Brogdon, Levert. You could go with one of those guys too, but I don't think you need to pay up there. And I, it's not like I want to get three or four guys from this game. So uh, most likely Dort and maybe a, a Indiana value guy. Well, I'm going to stun you here. I, there's there's a couple of moving parts that I need to know what the results are, but I may have two or three guys from this game, Andrew. Can you believe that? Yeah. I, I it just it it falls right for me. And and here I'll, I'll explain real quickly. If Dort plays, I like Dort at that price on FanDuel. I think it's a steal. It's a misprice. I mean, he's the amount of shots he takes when he plays and, you know, how much he's part of the offense, I love. If Dort sits, I really like Baisley. I've been on this Baisley bandwagon. Like you said, he's consistently putting up 15 to 20 shots, a lot of threes as well, and he's so athletic and big around the basket. And with Indiana just decimated inside – I think Baisley could have a field day. So he's super high on my radar. Um, so those two guys. And then on the Indiana side, uh, I think Karis LeVert might be the best play on the on the slate if Dort sits because somebody's got to use all that, take all those shots. And LeVert's usually the guy with his hand up first with wanting to take the shot. So if Dort sits, I love LeVert. And if he if Dort plays, then I'm hesitant because we've got 24 teams. Do we really want to take a Levert with that kind of defense against him? So uh, it's funny, but a lot of I could come out with zero guys from this game, or I could come out with like three. So we need that news. But I do like this matchup. I think it's going to be a sneaky good one, and I'm excited for this game. Excellent. All right, next one is uh, Phoenix and Philadelphia. It's also 7 o'clock. We have both teams on the first night of a back-to-back. Phoenix, this is with a highlight game of the of the slate to watch. You've got a possibility, you got to say that now, of a, a finals matchup here, the way these two teams have played. Uh, Phoenix minus one on the road at Philly. That's a, a slight gut punch for Philly, but that's because some of their guys are banged up. The total's 221, which is very fair. Uh, Nothing to write home about with Phoenix's pace. As we know, they control tempo. They're 25th. Philadelphia is 10th, though. They do push the ball, even though they're so good defensively. But here's the the red alarm siren, like we post in Discord, going off. Fifth and second, two of the top five defenses in the league. Again, this game is going to have some meaning to it you know, for the future. So I think both teams are going to play hard if the key guys uh, play. And that's, you know, that's the million dollar question here. We Saric, who's a a key guy off the bench, uh, pretty much for Phoenix is questionable. And then the two of the three studs for Philly with Harris and Simmons, both questionable. So, you know, obviously news is, is most important here. Um, 
you know, if Simmons and Harris are out again, then I don't know how you don't go to Embiid just because he's Embiid and he's going to get all the usage. And it doesn't matter who they're playing. I don't care if it's Phoenix. Uh, he's, you know, to me, second in the MVP voting right now and, you know, playing terrific. So if Simmons and Harris sit, Embiid will be my payup guy on this huge slate. If they play or even one plays, I may shift from him uh, because of the cost. And then uh, on the Phoenix side, we never usually roster folks. I, I don't particularly like anybody here at their price tags. And that's it. I'm good to go. Okay. Yeah. Um, Joel will be really a key a key guy to consider here if Simmons and Harris are out. I think he's playable. He's not my favorite pay-up guy on this slate. Uh, there are a couple value centers I think we can look at. Um, and then with Phoenix, I doubt I'll go there uh, because of that Philly defense. But if Simmons is out, then these guards become more in play, uh, more of a GPP option for me. So in, in general, this game is, is a pass. I uh, just don't like these these two excellent defenses. I like I like them. I appreciate them, but not for DFS. I'm with you. All right. This next 7 o'clock game is where I want to pay up a little bit. Golden State and Washington. Coach, how about number one and number two in pace? I know. You NBA? win You win the lottery today. Usually I always get these you, kind of you games. You absolutely so. do. You crush this one. Well over 230 here for the total. And Golden about State. About 238 and a half. Buddy. Yeah, exactly. Golden State favored by two. Island game for both teams. That's that's nice. And we have Juan Toscano-Anderson out. Damian Lee questionable. Rui is out for Washington. So how about Steph here? We talked about him on the show yesterday. He's had four of the last five games over 60 fantasy points. Four of the last five games where he's made at least 10 threes. He is yeah. just unstoppable right now. And he gets Washington's 21st-ranked defense in that fast pace. So Steph is my pay-up guy for the day. Do you know that he, in the last four games, he has 43 threes, which is the most of any player in a four-game stretch in NBA history? How yeah. about that? I mean, most great shooters don't get even one game with 10 three-pointers. No. And he's doing it every night. It's, He's got something like 73 in the last 10. You know, guys used to try to get 100 in a season. Right. <laughs> He's got it in a week. He's, it's the best streak of shooting, really. Three-pointers with volume and efficiency Outrageous. ever. So, How are they going to defend him? That's the question. And why are people not running double teams? If a guy's that hot, I force Wiggins, Baysmore, Green, Looney, fill in the whoever you want to beat me. I do not let him get that shot off. The problem is he is so fast and so great at moving without the ball and obviously using yeah. screens. He just wears you down, and he just won't stop, and he just needs that little inch of an opening, and yeah. the shot is, is off. So uh, I'm ready to pay up for him tonight. You could pair up his buddy Draymond with him. They have great um, correlation when they're going well. Wiggins is is the other guy I would consider here. Uh, 42 minutes in that last one against Philly. Yeah. Uh, decent price tag for him. Not going to mess with Oubre and Bazemore. Bazemore started last game but only played 14 minutes. Oubre, 22 minutes off the bench. Yeah, so they were duds. That's just a little bit of a mess right now. With Washington, you could run it back with Westbrook or Beal. Uh, Westbrook, how about eight of the last nine games with a triple-double? He's He's been on a bit of a mission himself. Yeah, uh, Beal is is a nice discount on FanDuel. He's too expensive for me, probably on DraftKings. And then you could go with uh, another value guy here, Bertans, Denny Avdia, more of a, a GPP option. But I'm ready to pay up for Steph, Coach. How about you? You know, I, I'll tell you what. It's I would think the majority of people in the industry will start their their roster with Curry and Westbrook. And then figure out the rest because there's plenty of value with 24 teams playing and you can find those spots. And those two guys have been historic this last month. They really have. But I, I think I'm going to go a little contrarian here, Andrew, believe it or not. I, I know that 
neither one of these teams defends a lick. I can tell you that. So I want a ton of exposure here. But I think I'm going to pivot slightly and and maybe go with the secondary guys and a few value plays. I think this is the key game. It's it's the highest number on the board. It's supposed to be a close game with the two-point spread. Island game for both. Everything fits perfectly. But I'm, I'm looking more at the Beal and Wiggins level. Just, you know, still a ton of exposure. I, those guys have been smashing too, and nobody talks about them because Curry and Westbrook have been doing so well. But I, I like the, the two secondary guys here. And then I want to fill in with a Draymond or possibly a Gafford. Again, I know I keep beating this Gafford drum to the ceiling and back, but, you know, he's he's going to get more minutes in a game like this. There were a few things that happened last time that shortened his minutes. But I want to I want to see, uh, you know, I'm going to look and, and really examine it if I can put him in uh, on the sites where you can have more than, than two centers because he's cheap. And if he does get 25 to 30 minutes, which, you know, probably more like 20 to 25, I've got to think about him a little bit. Um, but I'm going to take a look there again. Uh, and then Beal, like I say, is my main pay up here because the price is still much cheaper than Westbrook. And I think Wiggins is a good deal because, you know, got to remember the entire backcourt of Washington doesn't defend. Uh, they seem to have really uh, factored up Wiggins' uh, role in the offense. And if, if they do try to double Curry or really get the ball out of his hands, uh, you know, and put just they, they could rotate a bunch of guys, fresh guys on them like Ish Smith and Neto and then Westbrook. And they may all take five, six minute spots on them just to try to lay up against them and not let him, you know, get through those cracks like you mentioned. So, you know, a different approach here uh, in the sense of, you know, I might be the only person in the United States of America that doesn't have Curry and Westbrook in their lineup. But I am going to have a lot of exposure to this game. And I think it's still, you know, where the pricing factors in, where Curry or Westbrook could be 5x at those giant prices. If I get Wiggins or Beal at 7, 7.5x, I'm, you know, same level of points and more salary to use in the rest of this, the board. So yeah. interesting theory here. Yeah, I think the, the secondary stars could, could be a smart approach here. With Gafford, I'm... You know, the thing with, with Gafford is we've got Coach Brooks here, and he doesn't seem to be seeing what we're seeing with Gafford's know. Yeah. You know, production per minute. The Isaiah Stewart thing from a month ago. Yeah, because, you know, some of these games recently, it's been like a three-way split exactly, yeah. you know, 16 minutes. And I just don't think you can count on 24 minutes for, for Gafford. And, I know. You know, if he gets four blocks again, you know, he could, he could pay off value. But... Uh, I just don't like that three-way split. It's probably a GPP offshoot because Len gets in foul trouble or, you know, every every once in a while, Brooks plays Len the first six, seven minutes and never puts him back in. So you never know, uh, but you're right. For cash, it's, it's too risky on this big of a slate, but it's going to happen where he gets 30 minutes and gets 45 fantasy points and at 2% ownership. And I want to be on that train but probably not on this card. You're right. Okay. You got the next one. one I more know. Seven I'm, I'm, game. I'm checking my time because you know we're we're keeping it rolling here. Yes, we are. All right. The other, the last seven o'clock game, also interesting. Brooklyn and Toronto. Talk about two teams with lots of moving parts and shifting guys in and out. Brooklyn on the second night of a back to back after Kyrie. Uh, you know, was our main play yesterday, had a bad first half, had a terrific second half. Um, so those the those folks in Discord that were squeaking, the oil was leaking everywhere. We heard this squeak, squeak, that first half. Look what he did the second half. So we're, we were uh, fired up about that. But uh, second night of a back-to-back, what's the situation with Irving going to be? How much is he going to play with Harden and, and Durant uh, uh, out? So... That's the question. Have you seen any news on Irving at all? I have not. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I've got him counted in right now, but a little concerned about the minutes and the output. Um, 
you know, it's it's 228 and a half, which is a big number. Toronto a couple point favorite. But as far as the pace goes, they're 11th and 12th, so solid. Defense of Brooklyn, 23rd, Toronto 11th. So great opportunities here for a lot of ceiling games from some of these guys, especially uh, with the benches the way they are and guys being in and out. So I have, right, and you tell me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong here, but I mean, these two teams have been the two most volatile teams recently. It, I have Lowry and Van Vliet in. Yeah, everybody's available, and I was glad you get this game to break down to try to project <laughs> the lineup because who knows what, what they're going to do. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, we've had so many filling guys from Toronto do so well. Is, you know, how much does Flynn get in there with Lowry and Van Vliet both back? You know, we do have Watson and Hood out for Toronto. So, you know, Watson had been playing well off the bench as well. You know, with with this type of a slate, you know, you hate to just not play Toronto in a in a situation where, you know, Brooklyn's defense is poor. But I don't trust any minutes here. Uh, You know, they're 10 games below 500. I guess they can still get to that 10th play in spot. But. Rolling Lowry and Van Vliet and just playing him 38 minutes. I know he does that a lot. I just don't trust it here, especially with the way that Bembry and Flynn and all these guys have played. I, I'm I don't have any of the Toronto guys factored in enough minutes to make enough of an impact for me uh, with all the usage getting spread back around. So in a nutshell, I could a couple of these Toronto guys go off. Absolutely. I, I'm not going to have any exposure there. I, I don't want the risk of worrying about those minutes and with this many options. On the Brooklyn side, if Kyrie plays and there's no restrictions, you know, he's hard not to take with, with the other two big guys out. Because, you know, you look at the, the rotation of guys that they're playing, there's, you know, Joe Harris is a spot-up shooter, outstanding. The rest of the team, though, there's nobody that's a go-to guy at this point. Brown's a defender. Green is just contributing. He did have a monster dunk yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, Blake Griffin, we know he can do some things, but he's going to probably play 22 minutes. And then you got all those other guys that they rotate in. So, you know, this is a Kyrie or bust game for me overall. You know, I want to read all the way up until lock and make sure, you know, we're going to get that 35-minute run from Kyrie. If we do, I'm not afraid to pay up use a little bit of the savings from not rostering Curry or Westbrook, because I do think this Brooklyn-Toronto game could be high scoring. And if if Brooklyn's going to stay in the game and Vegas thinks they are, and it's a high scoring game, I, I still think he gets the majority of those points. And he put up 56, I think, fantasy points yesterday. And, you know, halfway through the second quarter, he was sitting at like 12. So if he gets off to a normal start, you know, 60 is is certainly a doable number, in my opinion. You talking about Kyrie? Yeah, what did I say? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he got quite yeah. that high with, with the fantasy production. I mean, he did have an awesome fourth quarter. But, uh, well, yeah, that I'm was, that was a, one of those reminders where we, we both had him as 100% lock. And sometimes when, when that happens, it's good to, to think about it and realize that that's a common mentality and that's really an, often a good time to fade somebody at least in one gpp lineup uh, right. just in case he's solid like yesterday instead of smashing it against new orleans like he probably should have um, yeah oh you're right he was only 45 yep. but 32 real points eight assists that's still solid but not yep. not right where we I, we need a little bit more than that tonight if we're going to roster him. right so I agree with you here in terms of just being very cautious about this game. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, have all my lineups built and organized. And then at the very end, once we see who's starting for Toronto, figure out if we want to shift a little bit and, and pivot and get a guy or two in really on both sides. Cause Kyrie would be the, the big domino over there. Of course, if he sits, then guys like Shamit, come squarely into play in the 4k range he could really be leading the offense if Kyrie's sitting uh and then with Toronto um yeah we'll just have to wait and see 
It's uh, such a hit. This is the toughest game on the slate to figure out. Yeah, and so let's just wait for the lineups, and then maybe you get one guy in there to take advantage of Brooklyn's bad defense, or you fade it because they're all back, and they may not play big minutes. Exactly. All right, let's move to 8 o'clock. We've got Atlanta in New York, 216.5 total. Atlanta favored by two. Both teams on a back-to-back here after winning last night. We've got the slow pace on both sides. New York's awesome defense. So this is this is not a game I'm excited about here on a 12-game slate. If you look at Atlanta's last game, all of their starters had between 10 and 16 field goal attempts. And that's just not what you want when you're when you've got guys who are priced up a little bit going against New York's defense. So I don't I don't think I'm gonna uh, invest in Trey or Bogdan or or even Herder. He's the cheapest. And then Collins trending back up in minutes. He got 25 minutes. Uh, so he's not quite probably ready uh, for me to to pay around seven thousand for him. On the New York side. Better matchup, of course, uh, but it is a back-to-back for them. We've got Burks questionable with the health and safety protocols. If he's out again, then maybe you look at one of these guards as a GPP option. Bullock is really cheap on FanDuel. He's been hitting a bunch of threes. Randall has dominated Atlanta, 64 fantasy points on average across two games, but he's at least 10K on both sites. So yeah. a little bit tougher to, to get to him today. So real good chance that this is a fade for me. Yeah, this uh, I think this game is a fade for me. I mean, 216 and a half, no thanks on a slate like this. Um, you know, the, the guys are priced high, too. I mean, you have to pay a lot for Young, Collins, Capella, Randall. Those guys are all priced high in, in a slow-paced game uh, that, you know, there's a lot of sharing of the ball with Atlanta, you know, Capella now with Collins back, Collins takes a shift at center and Capella sits. It just, you know, I don't see any value on the Atlanta side whatsoever. Uh, don't want to pay the, the, the 10 K plus for Julius, although he's awesome. And then after that though, you know, the rest of the Knicks are just all a question mark. Um, you know, I, the the guard rotation. I mean, Bullock has been making threes. You shoot the ball well, but real risky. You know, maybe GPP ish, but you know, he's a guy who can throw up a twelve, you know, DFS point kind of game if he's not hitting some threes. So I don't like this game. I'm going to move on if it's all right. Yes, sir. All right, next game I've got on my list is Utah and. The Houston Rockets. So I got to go back there. Okay. We've got uh, Utah minus 11. It's a 226 over uh, over under. Pace, Utah 16th, Houston 5th. Defense, Utah's 4th. Houston sinks all the way down to 25. So we've got uh, interesting situation. You got the main guys playing for both teams. The news that I have so far you got the regular, uh, you know, Conley, uh, Ingles, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, Gobert, Clarkson, all available playing, um, which, you know, generally makes their team very sound. And, uh, you know, they're adjusting still to Mitchell being out, but they haven't really missed a, a beat. And I think they've got that rotation set to go. Houston now, as we said the other day, when they're all playing, you know, with Wall, Porter, Olenek, and Wood specifically having to all share the ball, uh, and they're going against a good defensive team, I, it makes it very difficult for me. Um, this is another one of those games where, yeah, I'd like to roster somebody from Houston, but can you pinpoint who's going to be the go-to guy against this defensive unit? I don't. I just don't want to pay up the price for Wood, Wall, and even Porter's just a little too expensive for me against a, a real sound Utah defense. Now, Houston doesn't play good uh, defense, but, you know, Con- Conley, Bogdanovich, uh, Gobert, they're sharing the ball. Like I said the other day as well, a lot of that Mitchell usage just got spread out. Clarkson jumped up a little. So did Conley. Bogdanovich did. 
So it's it's not like it just went to the guy that took his place. I mean, Ingles is Ingles. He's going to hit some threes. He's going to get some assists. But whether he makes it value or not is always within question. So I don't like this game either. It could be these two games back to back are probably going to be passes for me because I don't want to risk uh, a low number. Yeah, pass for me as well. Any of those key guys for Utah, if they get 38, 39 fantasy points, they, they still haven't really paid off value. So right. I, I don't I don't really want to invest, <coughs> invest in that. Bless you. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fade this one as well. All right, we move to 8:30. Detroit and your Mavericks, 219 yep. total. Mavs favored by 10 at home. Front end of a back to back for both teams, and we've got Detroit's A team, so to speak, yep. uh, likely to get out there tonight after Grant Plumley, Kojo all sat. They're they're back and available here tonight. Hayes, who got that start, now is going to sit this one out. Magruder is also out. Dennis Smith Jr., doubtful. Right. On the Dallas side, we have THJ questionable. And this one is a little bit more attractive to me than the last two games. Uh, we've got you know poor, poor defenses here, but we don't have good pace. It, it's just that you've got the, the new new squad to consider here for Detroit. So... Corey right. Joseph likely back as the starter. He's five thousand on both sites. He's playable, um, but he doesn't always get a ton of shots. You know, low, slow pace game, not my favorite option. We we do like to play centers against Dallas, but what's going to happen tonight with Plumley back? Uh, does he decide to show up and get closer to thirty minutes, or is it more of a split like last time? Um, so I think it's a little risky to to go to either of those guys. Stewart is still cheap on FanDuel at 4,500 as a power forward coming off a huge game. But uh, does he get more than 24 minutes? So tough, tough analysis there. Uh, I'm probably going to end up fading that situation. And then with Dallas, uh, Luca back playing the way we wanted him to against Sacramento, scoring 37 points. But he's ultra expensive. Will he get enough possessions to pay off? I'm not sure. He, he's not my favorite pay-up option here. The guy that I, I just keep um, you know, going back to here is Brunson on DraftKings tonight. He's 4,400 for a guy that just almost always pushes right around 30 fantasy points. I don't know why his price isn't higher. Um, Will this be the day he puts up 19 or 20 fantasy points? Probably. So he's not a lock for me, but he's probably my that that price is probably my favorite out of this whole whole game is Brunson on DraftKings. So guys that are more tempting to me here, Coach, but nobody that um, I'm really high on. Do you feel differently about anyone? No, I I don't like this game at all. I and and it's a shame because it could have been a really good game. You know, if if Detroit wasn't doing this hockey you know player shift playing five different guys every game uh you know i have Plumley and stewart both marked for for 24 minutes so you know when you when you're getting a guy that's only going to play half the game and you're starting your team with that when you can roster one center on Fanduel, or i mean i know you can use stewart at, at power forward there but still to take a big big man spot and now you're really having a press because if you want a guy to, you know, how much can you smash uh, your value if you're only playing half the game? So that eliminates them for me. Uh, the pace here is 22 and 26, which is terrible. Defenses aren't good, 15 and 20, but if there's no, you know, such a slow-paced, lower-possession type scenario here, and then you have a double-digit spread, which – First of all, the fact that Dallas is a double-digit spread is an absolute travesty. They lost at home to the Sacramento Kings. The, the Kings have won one of their last 12, and it was that game in Dallas. So, um, I, you know, I just shake my head at this game. No way I'm playing, paying up for Luka. Porzingis is the single most overpriced DFS player in the NBA this season. Um, and I just I think this game is going to be very hard for anybody to reach value. Uh, you know, the only guy that I would say I like a smidgen, but I'm not going to play him is Jeremy Grant 
because he's probably going to get Dorian Finney-Smith defense, which I respect. Um, but Jeremy does play that downhill game, you know, where he can slice in the paint and cause some trouble. So, uh, but I'm not going to roster anybody from here. So I'm ready to move on to the the last 8.30 game before we get to the three 10 o'clock games. And that's the Miami Heat at the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs on the first night of a back-to-back, which, you know, that's the Spurs pop factor. It's a back-to-back. So that, you know, gives you, uh, as my grandmother would say, agita right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it is a pick though, which is sort of stunning. Uh, but I guess it's because, you know, Miami's expecting – uh, you know, to be missing a few guys, Bam, Butler, Hero, and Deadman, all questionable. Now, maybe they all play. Who knows? But uh, if if they do all play and you can get that as a pick then you you did some good stuff. But it's only 215, so it's down there with, you know, the other two. There's three real low games, and those are the three of them. Um, San Antonio, you know, just because they have most of their guys for this game doesn't mean they're going to play most of their guys. You know, there, there's, uh, you know, the Miami defense is tough, but you can't really, you know, provide the right information for this game until we know who's playing. I mean, how do, how do we recommend anything? If Hero, Bam, and Butler and Deadman play, all four of those guys are going to have an impact. They'll be four of the probably eight-man rotation. So, you know, we need that news before we make any decisions here. But I will say, I, you know, I respect the two teams' defenses, 6th and 12th, and neither one wants to fly up and down the floor, 28th and 17th. Uh, low total, the possibility of pop doing pop stuff and then not knowing who's in there with Miami, you know, I think unless we have that news, uh, I don't see a specific matchup in this game that makes me want to jump at anybody either. Yeah, the front end for San Antonio on this slate against Miami gets a big star, and it's a fade situation, not playing a spur tonight. With Miami, what I'm looking at is if all those guys are out, then we should have a couple value options. With the guards, Nunn or Drogic, squarely in play for me. They both were great in that last one with those guys out. Good price tags. And then Precious Achua could be the last big man standing. True. Um, at 4,000, he's a power forward on FanDuel, which is nice. You don't have to use the center position, and only 3,400 on DraftKings. So if Deadman is out and Bam, then Achua is very attractive to me, and I could go with one of those guards as well. Yeah, let me just say real quickly, if those guys all sit, which I don't think they will, then Achua and Ariza for me would become in play. All right, let's move to 10 o'clock. We've got three games there, starting with Memphis and the Clippers on NBA TV. We have a 227 total. Clippers favored by one and a half after that one-point win against Portland. That was exciting. Down to the wire. We've got Kawhi still out for the Clippers. And then on the Memphis side, Joe Val still out. And question marks for Dylan Brooks and Triple J. So Big, yeah, at least Triple J's on the board now. He's trending, he's ready to come he's back. Going to yeah. go through every injury designation until he's marked in. Exactly. So, uh, if he continues to be out with Joe Val still out, I'll fire up my man Tillman again here. Yeah, uh, he looked great, man. He did. He played a good game. He played really solid. Nice double double. Uh, double overtime certainly helped his final numbers, but he was yeah. steady and solid throughout the whole game. And they're, they're key big man there. So he's the guy I like the most here. Um, probably won't go to anybody else for the Clippers, or sorry, for, for the Grizz. On the Clippers side, we'll see if Paul George goes back-to-back here. If he does, he's in play for me. Um, we do have enough value to get a couple of these stars outside of the key games. And this is not you know a key game for me, but he's, he's playable with uh, Kawhi out. And if he sits, then then it's really an opportunity to get one of these guys, man, Luke Kennard, Rondo, uh, who's really uh, seems to be settling in and doing his thing. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see about Paul George. But I, I like Tillman a lot here. He's one of my key value plays, assuming Triple J is out. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think Tillman will be the 
value center uh, or power forward, uh, if you will, either way on some of the sites. Uh, if those big guys remain out, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, he showed that he can get the minutes and he can get it done. Um, you know, I want to see if George is out. If George is out, then all of a sudden I've got serious interest in Morris and Kennard uh, from that side of the ball. So if he's in, then I would actually consider him because when he does play, he usually just plays. You know, it's like you either get 35, 36 hardcore minutes from him or, or he sits. So if he's in, I like him. If not, Kennard and Morris get my attention. And then on the Memphis side, I'm with you on Tillman unless we get different news. Um, you know, if Dylan Brooks is out, um, you know, because he's on that questionable tag as well, um, and with Joe Val being out, you know, a lot of usage to go around there because those guys uh, both have their hands on the ball a lot. So, you know, as a super punt value play, I think Grayson Allen has been shooting the ball well. This totals up there. You know, the 227 is a respectable number. He could be a real sneaky second shooting guard in there that could get, you know, 20 some real points. Uh, and then Jaw also. Uh, you know, again, if Brooks is out specifically, because you really, I mean, Anderson's not a usage guy. You take Brooks and Jovell off the floor. I mean, the the initiation of, of offense and shots are going to fall to Morant and, and to me, I think, Allen. Now, Melton comes off the bench and does a nice job, but you really can't quite go there uh, on this big of a slate. But I, I wouldn't count Jaw out. I think that um, you know, without that Pat Bev D and, and a few of their guys uh, not playing, I, I think that he's in play here. So this I could get a couple of guys from this game easily, uh, but really it all hinges on the George news. Yes, indeed. All right, second to last, the second of the third after-hour slate game, the Denver Nuggets at the Portland Trailblazers, second night of a back-to-back for Portland. Denver's favored by two with a nice, healthy 229 over-under. Uh, we've got uh, one big problem here, the pace. Denver 29, Portland 20, but we have poor defense. 16, Denver 29, Portland, and Lillard is in. So, you know, this game could be a shootout, um, you know, adjusting without Murray there. Do you have news on Morris, Monte Morris? Uh, I believe he's out. Okay, so, you know, I, I don't think I can go Composo here, even though he's going to get the good-sized minutes. Um, we also know, have at, Rivers available, probable, to get right. out there and make his debut. Austin and that Rivers, was the yeah. next reason why I don't think I can take Composo, because I think they give Rivers probably 12 to 15 minutes. And that's just enough to eliminate, you know, Composo completely on this big of a slate. Uh, but I, I do like a, a fresh Lillard coming into this game. Um, Portland's in a real dogfight for positioning for the playoffs. I think McCollum's probably a little gassed. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he gets lesser minutes or even as a late scratch. So uh, Lillard is in play for me uh, at that price. You know, if if George sits, that other payup guy would probably go to Lillard for me. Uh, I just like the matchup. I like the fact that I think this game, you know, pace-wise, even though they both play pretty slow, I think <clears throat> there's enough uh, defensive efficiency here that they can get the ball uh, off of transition through turnovers and, and everything else that will get some open buckets and open opportunities. Um you know, the bigs, more of a cancel-out scenario. Covington's tough defensively. Uh, you know, Gordon, Porter, Jokic. I, I don't, you know, the joker in this matchup, you know, having to split and go against Nurkic, who's, uh, you know, good counterpart for him. And then Cantor, who's not good defensively, but, you know, it's going to be a split scenario. So, that you know, he could get... Uh, canter the majority of his time when when the joker's on the bench so not wanting to use my spend up uh buck on uh the joker there um and the other guys a lot of sharing in the ball 
which is good for them, but not great for DFS. Uh, so really, you know, if if we hear Lillard's on any type of minutes restriction, then obviously that would eliminate that spot. Uh, but I, I'm not going with McCollum today. I think he's had to use extra in the tank uh, with Lillard being out. Um, you know, the wild card here, if, you know, Lillard's limited, maybe Norman Powell uh, to keep them into the in the game. His, his minutes have been solidified and he is becoming a bigger and bigger part of that role, uh, a role with the team. Um, you know, I, I don't think we need to go deeper, the, the Simons and those guys on this big of a slate. So I have some interest here, uh, but, you know, need to just double check some of the news. And I do think this game is going to be higher scoring than most people think. And we'll have a couple of uh, not slate breakers, but guys, you know, seven, eight X kind of guys. Uh, and the key factor is, uh, you know, trying to hone in on on who those guys are. All right. Well, here's my my take on this one. I'm lo- I'm trying to find it, that seven, eight X slate breaker. And the guy that I'm looking at for a GPP lineup here, as we've got our two brains GPP lineup in mind is Mr. Nurkic coming back okay. into the mix. And, yeah. you know, the 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 reason I think he's a, a good GPP option is because he's been in and out of the lineup. He's had some games where he only, he's really splitting the time with Cantor. But if right. you look, a couple games ago, he got 36 minutes against Boston. Yeah, And in the mid-5K range, I think he'll get up for this game. Portland really wants to win after losing that tough one last night. Um and you know Jokic, Jokic is not a stellar defender, so I like Nurkic here for a GPP, and that's that's really my favorite play in this game. Everybody else is sort of borderline, kind of like that Detroit Dallas situation, although right. a little bit more attractive. But you take Lillard for example, if McCollum is playing, I don't want to pay up for him. Uh, we've got some you know solid defenders like Will Barton who can give him trouble. And then, as you mentioned, the guard, everybody kind of gets messed up a little bit if Rivers is out there chucking because right. you know he's yeah. going to come out and shoot when he's out there. So that gives a hit to, to Faku and also P.J. Dozier, who's been a nice value play lately. So, uh, you know, Powell, I agree, would be that other guy in Portland to look at, especially on the after-hour slate. But um, looking at maybe Nurkic and for the main slate, otherwise potentially a fade here for me. Well, you get you get the jackpot game here. Yeah, it was a, a jackpot last night. Two hundred and fifty-four points put up from Minnesota and Sacramento, and they're yeah. right back at it again. Uh, Two thirty-nine total. Sacramento favored by four and a half. Uh, I mean, again, basically the the best game on paper with pace of third and ninth. Defense is twenty-seventh and thirtieth. Sacramento eleventh-ranked offense. Uh, the only thing you don't like is Minnesota. They're still inefficient offensively. Uh, so now what happens again? I mean, you were more into that game yesterday, and yeah. it was high scoring. Um, but it was a little bit funky. You know, Cat smashed. D'Angelo Russell, Russell smashed while he was out there, but ended up with 25 minutes. And he paid yeah. off value, but uh, he was 10 of 13 from the field. So uh, He was awesome he when, was. He, when he was out there. He was. Yeah. So what happens again here tonight? Uh, I would think if he plays, he'll, he'll get 25 minutes max again. Uh, Rubio, a little bit cheaper, but it's a back-to-back for him, which I think is significant. You know, he's he's 30 years old, but he kind of moves around like he's 33, 34, 35, don't you think, Coach? Yeah, he's, he's starting to get, you know, a, a half a step slower, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just... It is a great game, but I, I don't know what to do with those guys. I, I don't think I want to go back to Russell, uh, and I don't trust Rubio on a back-to-back. Cat's really expensive if he plays. So uh, nobody's jumping out at me for Minnesota. With Sacramento, Fox was disappointing. He ended up playing 28 minutes, and he's got a questionable tag right now because of his ankle. Got dinged up a little bit, and Coach Walton said that's why his minutes were limited. So, uh, do we go back to him around 10K? Uh, I'm hesitant again. I'd rather pay up for guys like Curry. And then uh, we got that surprise contribution on Sacramento from guys like 
DeLon Wright. Well, not a surprise. I mean, we talked about him, but um, it was a surprise in that uh, the, the the best value for Sacramento, we had Mo Harkless and, and Harrison Barnes, of all people. So yeah. uh, what happens here on the back-to-back? Uh, it's, it's tough to predict. Um, Whiteside is a, another GPP option in that Nurkic range you could go to. Um, but I, I just don't feel great about this game again. Do you? Do you have some clarity on this one? You know, I, I don't. I mean, it was such a, a, a tough one to watch. I mean, I said on the podcast, this was I, I figured this would be the highest score game on the slate, over 250. I, I was right about all that, but I, I didn't cash in on all my players here because of the things you just said. You know, Fox, we, we didn't know at the time. I thought he was just doing a Walton I thought was just, you know, sitting him longer. And he, you know, he usually, he leads the league in minutes played. So when you're talking about a guy that's used to playing 38 minutes and he gets 27 and a half, you know, I'm, I'm about ready to chew my hand off watching it. Yeah. But if he has a sore ankle and it's a back-to-back and a super fast, I'll tell you, they were getting up and down the floor. Yeah. I mean, there, there were five seconds between shots at times. But I don't know. You know, I need more information on Fox. You know, I really do. Because if he has any type of injury there, at that price, you really can't afford to go that direction. And then, you know, the the other thing that drives me crazy is I absolutely read it and I checked it in three spots. D'Angelo Russell's minutes limit was lifted. So I expected he'd play 35 minutes. And they would win the game. Well, he plays the 25 again, sits the entire fourth quarter, and he was absolutely on fire. 10 for 13 from the field, running the show, steals. I mean, he would have smashed his number, uh, but didn't get back in. So does that mean he still has a 25-minute cap on a back-to-back after they said his limit minutes limit was lifted yesterday? I have no idea, but... You can't afford to go there because I sat there, got into the cash line and was ready to make my big move, which I would have. And, you know, you get no D'Angelo. He's not on the floor. So that was a killer. So I, I don't trust that at all. Uh, the guy that that I you know think was the most impressive that is sort of, uh, you know, back to back doesn't matter is Anthony Edwards. I mean, he's just such a score and inside outside play playing hard now he loves this kind of game this type of pace fits right into his wheelhouse so edwards is on my list without question um after that i don't trust the the cap minutes or you know how much he can put forth in a back-to-back when he played a ton i know he's done some decent back-to-backs this year but you know he, he does get a couple of different bodies like Whiteside thrown at him. So I don't want to pay up there. Um, you know, and and again, I wish I could play D'Angelo if I knew he was playing more minutes, but I think it's a perfect matchup for him. But I, I'm just not confident enough. You know, Harkless had a ceiling game. He did have a phenomenal dunk on the baseline, by the way, on a, uh, is a pretty awesome. He's been playing well lately, and he's been a good value. I mean, it's I'm not saying, you know, don't play him, but it certainly looks like points chasing, but it's not. It's not like he's had just one good game. This is about a 10-day stretch where he's he's starting and playing well for Sacramento. So he'll show up in my after hours. I don't know if, if it's good enough to show up in the main slate. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes I had yesterday. I There's nothing to tell me that Harrison Barnes can't get this done. I think he's tough as heck. He, he's playing minutes out of his mind for his age. And, uh, you know, his price could be considered a little high. But I want exposure to this game because I still think it could be the highest scoring game on the slate. But I need more news on Fox, more news on Russell, um, you know, maybe a little Harkless, Edwards, Barnes. You know, I, I'm going to find a way to maneuver some usage here, but I want to be safer with it. Uh, after last night, you know, and having to watch some of those guys play limited minutes. Excellent. All right, Coach. Well, we've analyzed all 12 games. Now we get to put it together 
for our nice. FanDuel two brains are better than one GPP lineup. Okay. <clears throat> so we'll get after that and build it. You'll f- feel free to play it. Uh, as always, if you're new to the program here when we do this, follow us on Twitter and we'll we'll make updates there if we need to with late player news. We are at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. Uh, while you're there, you can follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, and you can find me at Language Olympic. All right, coach, get us started here. I get the first pick? You can have All it. All right, man, I'll take the first pick then. How about if I start right off with Bradley Beal? Okay, excellent. 8,500, shooting guard, there he goes. Safe. Safe. Uh Number for eighty-five. Yes, he was ten-one uh, ten days ago. Yep. So okay. Um, let me go with since this is a GPP lineup. Let's go with mm-hmm. Nurkic, fifty-eight hundred. Yeah. Hope that we get him at low ownership. And yeah, I'm comfortable with for that thirty pick. minutes. Yeah, he's Beautiful. got a lot of ties to this team and, yep. and the Joker. So exactly, I think that's a very reasonable, reasonable play, sir. Um, okay. I want to try to give us – I'm going to go power forward Xavier Tillman, 5,000. Excellent. Love it. Yeah. I mean, there's not that much value as – you know, like we would think. Now, by this afternoon, there will probably be 30 guys right. value. <laughs> All right. How about Mr. Curry? I think we okay. – I think this is a good combination where we don't go Curry and Westbrook, but we go Curry and Beal. So let's put yeah. him in there. Yeah, I do like that that look as well. Um, all right, so that I think I think I want to try to go a little bit contrarian here. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. I don't know if you're gonna like this pick or not. I I like it though. I I like six thousand dollar Darius Baisley. Okay. I know it's a little risky, but it is a GPP build. Oh man, I wanted to put Dort in there, and I don't. Well, I don't want to. Well, play we could change it if Dort plays. Okay. So we'll we'll update it later. I, I'm I have Dort out right now on my sheet, but if he plays, we could flip him in there for Baisley. Okay. All right. So yeah, we might have to mix and match a little bit. Yeah, two v two different positions. Oh. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. He's small forward, but that's fine. All right. Because I think, remember I said, if, if he sits, Baisley's in for me. If if Dort's in, then I'm going to play him instead of Baisley. I think that's the way that shakes out. But Beautiful. Okay. I mean, I figure we're going to have to probably change it. And it'll Joe Stanton will update it on Twitter for our listeners. You don't have to be a member to get the updated. All right. Well, let's just go with another gpp value play here so you can pay up on your next pick let's go with Brissett, small forward 3800 okay and see what that see what that allows us to do for our final three positions yeah i'd like to go with 6900 anthony edwards okay in that high paced high scoring game yep i think he's the safest play i think you're right you know after your breakdown there i was i was agreeing with you i, I like that uh, 6,900 bananas for each spot here. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so... So we might as well figure them both out at the same time here. So... Is there a value guy? The two guys about? I was looking at... It, I was looking at the, the point guards around 5,500 here with Nunn and Kobe White and Dragic. Um, I love Kobe... I like Jaw. Um, I had uh, Nunn and Sexton penciled in here. Sexton's a little little pricey. Um, plus, he may get Garrett Temple defense. Um, well, if we go with if we go with, let's see, what if we go with Kobe? Yeah, let's, I'm comfortable with Kobe. Let's see what happens with your, your shooting guard pick. It gives us 8-3. That's big bucks. Karis Levert. Hmm. I'll take Karis in a heartbeat. I'd, I'd like him over C.J. McCollum or, or DeMar DeRozan because DeRozan's going against Miami. All three of them are in play, though, price-wise. Yeah, I think I like Levert the best there also. I do, too. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. There it that is. That was 
piece of cake. And I don't feel like we had to, I mean, we need uh, obviously Brissett to, to do what he needs to do. But after that, we really don't have any reaches, um, you know, even for a GPP, I think a lot of safe stuff there. Excellent. Well, there's the squad. We'll update it on Twitter if there's any changes. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and uh, let us know if you have any questions. Uh, membership, jump in at dfscoachtalk.com, whichever length of time you'd like, and you'll get all of our lineups, full lineups on FanDuel, Yahoo, Coach's Clipboard on DraftKings. So that'll do it. We'll be back again tomorrow for more NBA action as we look to crush it in DFS.